we're sharing again today, and um, I'm trusting that we'll remain friends after my sharing. All I want to do is dig out something that will be a challenge to us. I know we're happy to know we're in the love of God. He's keeping us. We're enjoying His grace. Lots of things. We, can, we are healed by Him. We're made strong in Him. And He does marvelous things in our lives. But I think we need to know that he expects certain things of us to, you know, because we were saved to conform to his own image. And, of course, just the way he helped us when we were sinners and we didn't know him and brought off and gave us salvation by grace through faith, you know, he gives us so many other things. And he also expects that we will conform to that his image and character and take to people what he's given to us. So, um, I just want to say, Lord, I call the name of Jesus upon my brothers and sisters here. And I trust that you're going to relieve every hurt and pain and that, Lord, they will live joyful uh, with burdens taken away. Lord, I also trust that in the community that's hurting, uh, for loss of loved ones, you are intervening. You are bringing comfort and you are bringing strength and you are giving grace also even to forgive. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. So, um, well, release, let go. Release, let go. What are we releasing? Um, so I say forgiveness is an act of faith because sometimes it can be pretty difficult to forgive. But there are things we need to recognize that will make it easy for us to forgive. You know, very often someone, let me just ask, is there anybody who has never offended somebody? You've never hurt anybody? Okay. Is there anybody who has hurt some, who has, who has been hurt by others? You've been hurt by others? So, you see, we all are in it, and we get to some point, we have some challenges about letting go and releasing those people. So... Um, but what's going to help us, you know, is when we recognize that, you know, for by grace, undeserved favor, because we want people to, we want to hold people accountable for what they've done, but God should hold us accountable for what we've done, but he chose grace, undeserved favor. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works. You know, people always say, no, 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 I'm not working out my salvation. I'm not, you know, I mean, I've been saved, so it's all by grace. Yes, it's all by grace but created 
in Christ Jesus for good works. So we can be light, we can be salt in the environment in which he has put us. So, and then also Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And I just skip and jump to verse 2 of uh, Matthew 6, 12. Sorry, but verse 12, Matthew. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, the word that was used for forgive there is where I have the title from. It says, Afemi implies letting go or releasing. There's another Greek word uh, that's used in the New Testament, and that says charizomai, uh, to, to give free and unconditional forgiveness. Free and unconditional you know, very often you want people to say, no, you did that, so what are you going to, you know, how are you going to, you know, how are you going to relieve me of this pain? How are you going to, you know, you, you're looking at, you, you've got to do something about it. You know, I, I offended somebody recently, and what happened? I should ask you, do, do you offend on the road? You know, I got to a road junction, and um, I allowed the first car to pass and another one from another side and didn't quite notice this lady and so I just moved next. She had been there before me. She came after me, followed me to my destination, oh, wow. drove and parked right by my side and I did, sorry, you know I said, sorry. <laughs> A soft answer turns away wrath. And so I was able to just say that and calm her down. I said, I, I didn't mean to do that, you know. So then she looked at me. So oh. I said, you know, I had missed my way before I got there, you know, and I was now a little bit anxious getting back to the right route. And she let go. All right? So I felt good that she had, but I can tell you that's what happens in rage, you know, yeah, angry So that could be for long, it could continue, you know, for so long that it becomes so bad, you secrete all the uh, uh, hormones that will hurt you and do damage to your health. And that's not necessary. So, you know, Jesus Christ made it so clear that he wanted us to forgive to let go, to release people who offend us because he released us. He suffered the pain. I mean, he, he knew we were just nasty from the beginning. I mean, he, there was no good in us and he decided to come all the way down and suffer. So he's saying, so, so he said to his disciples, says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you don't, if you don't, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, you say, hey, but God is gracious. He'll always forgive. Yes, you've been forgiven. You'll make heaven. But you know, there are people who make heaven as though through fire. It's narrow escape, right? And there are those who will make it gloriously. 
they walk in and all the angels will stand. You know, but which one do you want to choose? Which one do I want to choose? So, Jesus Christ made it clear that we need to forgive so that we are forgiven and we don't lose our rewards. Um, now, for you to be obeying God, there must be something about you, and I believe we all have that thing. We believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And this thing about our works is about diligently seeking him. You know, yeah, we would, you know, naturally everybody would remember, Lord, I need this, Lord, I need that, Lord, heal me, Lord, bless me, Lord, you know. But he wants us to diligently seek him. And there are so many different things he expects us to be doing. One is this very act of forgiving others. And so we need to be diligent in seeking him. So what's forgiveness? Again, I decided to look at Wikipedia's definition. And it says, uh, forgiveness is a psychological sense, in a psychological sense is the intentional and voluntary process. Intentional and voluntary process. Now, you're not being forced. You're doing it deliberately. So it's not like, oh, you know, um, you've passed and just, you know, uh, you know. No, it's, no, you must be intentional about it. And it's voluntary. Nobody's forcing you. It's not because you went to court and somebody said, oh, go apologize, so maybe we'll now um, free you of your guilt for what you've done. No, or for, or for what he's done to you, something's going to be done. No. You're doing it not because you're pushed. And it says, because you see, it says one, uh, it's an intentional and voluntary process by which one who may initially feel victimized or wronged, which is what happens to most of us, indeed all of us sometimes, goes through a change in feelings and attitude uh, regarding a given offender. You know, so like you're going to change your feeling, you know, sometimes there's resentment. Sometimes there's even hatred. You know, you just, the moment he walks in and says, hmm, there's that guy again, you know. And Jesus doesn't want us to be like that, you know. Because when he received us, he forgot all about our sins. He decided to not remember, not to remember them. And he wants us to be able to do the same. So it's not, oh, that guy, he's the one who did that to me. Each time you see him, you hold him in your heart. You say, oh, no, that's that, that guy. You know, so it's about uh, an attitude regarding a given offender and overcomes the impact of the offense, including negative emotions such as resentment and the desire to desire for vengeance. So now, then there's the other part of it too, replacing the negative emotions with good actions, good intentions, good, you know, a desire, I mean, to do the person good. And that's what Jesus did for us. Because, you see, 
the negative intention, the, the negative thing about us is that we had offended, right? And he should be feeling bad about it, you know, but he decided to forgive. And not only that, he decided to love us. How wonderful to be loved by the great and almighty God, the creator. So we owe him that responsibility to go back and say, Lord, you love me for being no good. And the way I'm going to show that love, appreciation of that love, is that I'll extend that same love to others. I'll extend that uh, attitude of forgiving to others. So who needs to be forgiven and who doesn't? I think I need to be forgiven. You know, I don't know, and I'll step on your toes. And you probably step on my toes. I'm sure you want me to forgive you. I should ask, how do you want those you offend to treat you? How do you want them to treat you? So we should do to them the way, you know, do to others what we would want them, what we would have them do to us. Right? So, for when we were still without strength, so the kind of people that need to be forgiven very often are helpless. They don't know what to do. They, you know, sometimes they're looking at you and they are not even bold enough to come and say, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, they may not be able to, but you see, you could extend, you could take the first step like God took the first step towards us. In that, whilst we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for holy people. He died for the ungodly, of whom I am one. And for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners so whilst he's offending we should be already proactive in forgiving that's what God did to us you know um, and so he saved us from wrath through Jesus Christ he justified us he made us just who were wrong you know, you now declare someone who's wrong, you justified him, you made him right. So why should we forgive? We were forgiven in advance. That's the other point about it. You know, and he says, and we know that all things work together for good. We are happy to hold on to that. All things work together for good to them who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Sure. Now, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, he knew us ahead of time, right? And he predestined us. So we're privileged. His act of grace made it possible for us to be able to receive his offer of salvation and to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what God did. So he took the first step. He forgave us. Uh, and likewise, he expects us to take the first step and for forgive even ahead. Do you, know where, do you know some people you can forgive ahead of their offense? Because if you didn't know a person and he was a stranger, you didn't anticipate anything. But who would you always uh, anticipate might offend you or you might offend? Perhaps the very, his family, 
spouse. But very often we are looking out for that thing. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. I'm not going to take it this time. Why does he always do that? And we dwell so much upon it that eventually one day we blow up. Someday we are, we are the attorneys and we are here. Here is the letter. It ought not to be so, brethren, my brothers and sisters. No, no. You know, Jesus said, Moses allowed that for those whose hearts are hardened. I'm sure nobody here has a hardened heart. So I believe nothing like that is going to happen in any of our families again. Because we're going to learn to conform to the image of Jesus Christ and ahead of time, proactively forgive, not allow things to build up. I say, I know he might do it. Yes, okay. In fact, make allowance. Try and create circumstances that will not let it happen. And if after you've done all that, it does happen, what you're trying to prevent happens. You say, yeah, I know I expected no problem. You were forgiven before it happened. That's what Jesus wants us to do. You remember what he did for Peter? You know, Peter, he said, you're going to deny me. But what happened? He had prayed for him ahead of time. That's how loving, caring, magnanimous he is. And he just forgives ahead of time, knowing that we're going to do the wrong thing. How should we forgive? Now, you would see, this is the story of Stephen. And you know what happened to Stephen? He was, he was killed whilst preaching. You know, he had done miracles in the midst of the people. All kinds of good things had happened through him to them. And then suddenly, some group came out and they were going to kill him. Kill him. And then they started stoning him. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, why we must, uh, you know, uh, forgive people and how we should forgive is just that pattern. That was exactly what Jesus also did. He says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Is to be able to, is to recognize the fact that, yes, I'm hurt. Yes, something, I've been wronged. But, forgive them. Even when, they were, even when he was dying, they were still stoning him. Put yourself in that situation. They're stoning you, trying to kill you for doing no wrong, for, doing, for being a blessing to them. And you should feel, what nonsense! But he didn't say that. He didn't express that. His priority was that they be forgiven and have a hope of making heaven. That they may get a release from their guilt after they've slaughtered him. No wonder a man like Paul, who was present on that occasion, eventually in his encounter with Jesus, was compelled to surrender. 
he remembered it and said, oh, I was there carrying the clothes and everything, you know, of those who killed Stephen. You see, our perception of offense should change if we're going to forgive, to make it easy for us. You see, if you recognize, like Joseph did, all that was done against him, that it was going to be for his good in the end, then you would learn to be easy on people. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You know, you can take every, every offense as some kind of trial, all right? A testing. You've been tested. After all, you say you've been, uh, you've been changed from one degree of glory to the, the higher degree of glory in Christ Jesus. So, every day a test will come. Somebody is going to see if when pinching you, you know, you react like Jesus. He may not be conscious that what he's doing, that's what he's doing, but then he's actually on it. So, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, it's a way to build us up when we're faced with all these, you know, challenges of people hurting us, you know, to say, no, I'm no longer going to surrender to that feeling, that bad feeling of, yeah, why did you hurt me and I'm going to revenge, you know, I want to revenge you. No, God has said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. But we're not even asking for vengeance because in the case of um, uh, Stephen, what did he do? Did he say, did he do what Elijah or Elisha would do? and called on fire on them. Fire! He didn't. But he followed the pathway of Jesus Christ and said, yes, it's painful. Yes, it hurts. But I see a higher glory. He saw the vision of heaven and said, this is worth more to embrace than to keep thinking of the evil they've done to me. And that's how he wants us to see it. What he's done for us is so much, we have a hope of getting to heaven. Why should we be tied down by one little thing, little offense? So now in the case of Joseph too, you know what happened. Um, I'm sure we all know the story of Joseph. How he had dreams and uh, the, uh, the brothers became envious of him as a result of the dream. He says his brothers envied him, right? And then... The next thing was that they conspired against him to kill him. All right? Now, next one, please. Uh, then they took him and cast him into a pit. That was going to be, wasn't going to be the end. They started, you know, you can imagine Joseph being there. And they're looking at him and saying, okay, oh, uh, put him in the pit. Don't put him in the pit. Put him in the pit. Uh, sell him. And do, you know, all kinds of kill him. Don't kill him. Right? And... He was there, younger than them. And so the brothers pulled, you know, uh, they put him into a pit, and then they saw the Midianite traders as they passed by. They decided, okay, rather than put him in the pit or kill him, now let's give him, let's sell him. So he says, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites 
for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Now, you know, sometimes when we're going through circumstances, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. I'm sure Joseph would have been a confused little boy and feeling so bad, oh, miserable. When will I see my home again? When will I see my loving father? If, uh, where, uh, Isaac, right? Jacob, when will, I, when will I see him again? And so he, he was like, he must have been troubled in his mind, but we were never told he showed any bitterness. And, that, and we'll get to see that later on. Uh, so, just as my, so the next thing was that he was sold to Potiphar, and in Potiphar's house again, somebody lied against him. So anywhere he goes, you know, he's faced with something. Potiphar's li uh, wife lied against him because he chose to obey God rather than sin. And he, he got thrown into prison. Potiphar didn't even look at, didn't give him a hearing. Hey, what? You tried that? Jail. And there he was. He went. And in jail, he remained good. So the supervisor there was like, okay. Oh, I have a great guy here. You help me do my job here. He had such a free spirit, a loving spirit, a forgiving spirit. He wasn't thinking of the hurt he had had. For how long do you keep your hurt? Do I keep my hurt? 24 hours or more? You know, he says the sun shouldn't set over my anger. But perhaps I keep it for a whole week. In some cases, three months. In some cases, for years. Sometimes some people have exes and they're so angry. Anytime they have to talk, about, they think about them, there's all this, you know, and it's horrible. But we must remember, Jesus wants us to forgive. To forgive and choose not to remember. Because, you see, our memory is always there, but we choose not to talk about it, we choose not to go back into it and dig it up and begin to feel the hurt and begin to uh, you know, feel that if I had an opportunity, I'll do this to that person. You know. So, Joseph had gone through that, thrown into prison, and even in the prison, he was, um, uh, he helped some people. You know, he interpreted their dreams for them. Not Dave Butler, but the butler and the baker. <laughs> so, and the butler forgot him, even though Joseph said, don't forget me when you get back to your position. The butler forgot him, forgot all about him. Until the king, Pharaoh, now had a dream and needed an interpreter. Now, Joseph never, was never complaining in the prison and saying, Oh, that butler? How come? He didn't remember me. Oh, wicked butler. Oh, no, no, he wasn't doing that. Forgiving. Letting go. Release. Now, so, Joseph became governor 
in the foreign land, in the land of Egypt. And he was in charge of everything. I've skipped a, story, a good part of the story, but we know it. Um, and what the, his brothers didn't want to happen, that is, they didn't want to come to bow before him. They were like, what an insult. We, older than you, we come and bow. We and our parents will come and bow before you. That's what made them envious. But did it happen? When they, okay, the last one showed, we're not going back to it, but the last one showed that, you know, they actually came and they bowed down before Joseph because they needed food. And God had given Joseph wisdom. He had given him a gift that kept making ways for him. His gift made a way for him in prison. His gift made a way for him before Pharaoh. May your gifts make ways for you. But you must exercise them. We must exercise. I must exercise my gift for it to make a way for me. Now, so, oh, have we gone to the next one yet? Yeah, okay. So his dream was fulfilled. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. Now listen. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother. Because he recognized them first. Whom you sold into Egypt. So they will know, they will know that he's speaking the truth. You sold me to Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me there. For God sent me before you to preserve life. To preserve life not only of the Egyptians, but even of his family. You know, when we're going through certain circumstances, we're like, oh, what a horrible situation. How difficult. But we must recognize that God never takes us through any situation he's not going to use to bless us in the long run. Because, like... Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us his purpose towards us is always good, right? And to bring us to his desired end. So now, but now do not therefore, uh, so the next is God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth because hunger would have killed you and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. So you may have sold me out of some feeling of wickedness. You know, you may have, you know, so somebody may have done something to you, got you fired when you were doing the right thing, fired from the job, and you feel, oh, what a nasty thing. I did the right thing, yet I got fired. You don't look at that. You look at God because God knew you were going to be in that situation. God knew Joseph was going to be treated the way he was treated and he was going to suffer for what he didn't do. You know, and in all, it was for a purpose. God always has a purpose that's bigger than us in whatsoever he does. So you can be sure there's some big purpose in your life when we are going through the valley. There's a time to get to the mountain. 
and God's in control. So all we need to recognize is that, see, all these hurts, all these offenses against us, they're meant to push us into where God wants us to be. So if we recognize that always, we will not take offense at the offender, and we'll just look up to God, because forgiveness is an act of faith. And we will forgive all those who hurt us, knowing that they're being used as a way to push us into the path, pathway that God wants us to be. So when he said, Joseph was only just about, I think, 30 years old then, and hear him, he says, so now it was not you who sent me here but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. You know, Joseph, I'm sure, never thought of that, even though he had a dream they were going to bow to him, but he didn't know he was going to be in such a position of prominence. God is planning a place of prominence for you, and you will not miss it through uh, through um, bitterness. No, you won't miss it. And he's watching over you to perform that, but release yourself to him. Okay. What if we don't forget, forgive? Are there any consequences? Sure, Jesus made that clear. And he gave the example, he, he told a parable uh, of a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And um, he wasn't unable to pay, so he was going to sell him and his family, his wife, his children, and all. Who knows, maybe they would all have been scattered around. Uh, and he begged him and said, please, please, don't do that. I'll pay you. And he says the man looked at him with compassion. Compassion. Says, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So he, he let go. But what happened? Remember, to us that master is God, like God. And we owed him so much, and he chose to forgive us. But then what are we doing? Are we doing like the servants? He says, that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Let's say he was, he was owing, like, say, $10,000, and this guy was owing him only $100. He was forgiven $10,000, but he wouldn't let go on the person who owed him $100. Are we just that? We have to check ourselves and be sure that's not the way we're going. He loves us, he's blessing us, and he wants us to live like people who are blessed and not go after those ones who owe us far less than we owe him. So he, the, the, the other guy begged him also, he, you know, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he, wouldn't, and he would not but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. And the story got to the master. And so the master was furious with him. 
He said, ah, what did I do? I, I had pity on you and I let you go. Why wouldn't you let someone else go? He described him as uh, wicked. Say, wicked servant. I trust in God will never have to describe us as wicked servants. He would describe us more like faithful children, right? Who have conformed to the nature of Jesus. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother. Now, it's not just about forgiving, but from your heart. You know, I walk in school, so I get to see, oh, apologize to him. No. <laughs> well, he says, when, and then eventually say, okay, sorry. You know? But he's saying, do it from your heart. From your heart. It's a voluntary act that you must do, I must do from my heart. I don't have to be begged to do it. Nobody needs to plead with me. I need to just remember that someone I owed more and he let go. Therefore, why should I hold accountable the one that's owing me far less? So, then the next question was, you know, we say, what is still part of it? What are God's expectations? One, a heart, forgive from the heart. Two, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Wow. So they start counting. <laughs> But the fact is that, is that Jesus himself had done uh, more and he's still doing it. You know, Jesus is interceding for us on the right hand of the Father where he is. That's what the scripture tells us. And that's why we have 1 John 1, 9 or 8 and 9 that says, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, Right? But then, that because you see, if you don't commit a sin, yeah, the regular ones we know, tell lies, do this and that, steal, and no, we may not be doing that, but there may be many things we're omitting to do which we know are right. Because it can be pretty challenging, maybe to do everything we, yeah, we, we think we should do. And Jesus is there interceding for us. He says, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he's forever. He's forgiven us in multiples of times. So he's expecting us to forgive likewise and to do so unconditionally, regardless of the gravity of the offense. Just like Christ's de death on the cross was for all, including the dying thief on the cross, because you see, the dying thief, you'd say, oh, maybe he was a murderer, he stole, and all that. But right there, unconditionally, was given the ticket to be with him in paradise. And he's expecting that we also will unconditionally 
forgive. You know, we need to recognize one thing. Marriages are sustained only by continuous, proactive, and unconditional forgiving acts. They, 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 they have to be continuous. There is no marriage where there wouldn't be hurt. But there has to be a proactive forgiveness. That's say, oh, before you've done it, I've already forgiven you. I've decided not to remember it also. He says, husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. That your prayers may not be hindered. In short, when we don't forgive, what happens to our prayers? Where do we want our prayers to reach? We want them to reach God. But when we're, when we're busy, you know, reviling one another, uh, not forgiving others, and all that, the prayers may not be, our prayers may be hindered. And then he says, he says, you know, finally, all of you, it's not just about marriage, having compassion, uh, be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. You know, that tends to happen when we begin to, you know, give it back, you know, then that goes on. But on the contrary, blessing, you know, bless even those who offend. Could be difficult, but then that's it. Please, next one. So forgiveness has nothing to do with the gravity of the sin, but with a heart that releases the perceived offender. Because sometimes you're thinking, he's offending me, but actually what, what is making you think so was a creation of yourself. Your own act, my own act, may have caused the person to react in the wrong way, and I feel offended. So who's wrong then? Who is to give who uh, forgiveness? So that's why I must be proactive in giving my own. So, and if it's you too, you need to be proactive in forgiving me so that everything remains level. So uh, there are benefits for forgiving those who offend or hurt us. We shall continue to receive forgiveness. Our prayers will not be hindered. We release ourselves from bitterness, which could be damaging to our health and relationship with God. That last bit is important because it damages our relationship with God because God is looking at us and says, you wicked servant. A name we don't want to be called. Something we don't want God to think about us. And then, when we forgive, we'll be true children of our Father, of God. Now, in closing, I want us to think, do you have somebody that has offended you? And you think you need to release that person. You're not holding him. You want to tell God, Quietly, Lord, I forgive and I mean it. And then, let's read this together. Because I'm sure we don't want this to be true of us. 
We don't want this to happen to us, but let's read it. It's the Lord's Prayer. We'll just read a part of it. And please read it. Don't recite what you know, because you'll be reading something different from what is here. Okay? All right. My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgiving other people. Give me this day my daily bread. And forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. Next one. For if I forgive men their trespasses, my heavenly Father will also forgive me. But if I do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will my Father forgive my trespasses. And that I don't want. So may the Lord forgive us. May the Lord help us to know how to forgive proactively and all the time. May his grace be strong upon us that we share it with others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.